All right, let's get going so that you don't drink your whole beer. Cool. Because I don't have any more of that. That's fine. We weren't going to talk about it anyway. Yes, we were. Well, not while we're drinking it. Yes, we were. Just start the show. Welcome to episode 24 of Sauced on Beer, Bourbon, Barbecue. I'm your host, Kevin. Joined here once again by my best friend in the whole wide world, Alex. Oh, that's really sweet. I don't know why I thought you were going to say a different name, but then I'm like, who are you going to say? There's no one else here. What if we just made up a, an imaginary character and just said that now there's three of us and that imaginary character never says anything? That'd be great. Like so and so couldn't make it tonight, but <laughs> and just and, until we get somebody asking to meet so and so. There's I a po- how far we could take this. There's another podcast. This uh, how stuff works. They have two guys who talk all the time, and then there's a third person, Jerry, who never talks. She's always there, but we don't know if she's a real person or not. There's no way she's real. I don't know. Okay, so tonight we have decided to jump back into the world of beer. We've kind of had a few episodes on bourbon. I feel like quite a few episodes on bourbon lately. Yeah, uh, we've been pretty bourbon heavy. So we decided to um, jump back into some beer talk and uh, talk about a, a brewery that I just went to a couple weeks ago. Um, oh, were you just there? Yeah. Okay. Beginning of June, um, we were there. So That's right. Yeah. So I? we're going to talk about Boulevard Brewing Company out of Kansas City, Missouri. I was in Nashville. Okay. I just remembered being somewhere while you were also gone. It doesn't matter. No. No. Let's we, talk about Boulevard. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Boulevard Brewing Company um, out of Kansas City, Missouri. Um, probably, would you say the second most famous famous Missouri brewery? I have no way to judge that, but okay. I mean, I would say AB is probably number one. Oh, yeah. I and always then, forget about that. What? Why? What do you forget about them? Just when we're talking about beer and and brewing and breweries, we're so craft beer heavy. Which honestly, I think it's it's not us. It's just kind of the world of beer that the the um, large brewing companies are kind of taken for granted and forgotten. So like yeah. I constantly forget that Anheuser Busch is in St. Louis and is one of the biggest brewing companies in the world. Yeah. I mean, I think that's crazy to think about, um, but I think kind of the reason I like the craft over that is because there's so much more craft brewery, so many right. more quantity. Yeah, um, until you get a really good craft brewery that gets bought out by Anheuser Busch, right? <laughs> um, what that happened to one in Asheville, North really? Carolina, a while ago. Hmm. Um, but like I said, we're we're trying some Boulevard beer tonight. Um, Alex, what are we drinking first tonight? So what you were drinking and I have finished drinking is... Because you didn't even want to wait for the podcast to start, to start drinking. <laughs> it was really good, yeah. and it was starting to get warm, so I wanted to drink it. I like my beard cold. Um, we are drinking what is Boulevard's flagship beer, their pale ale, uh, the first one they made. Do we want to do we want to dive into the history now, or do we just want to talk about the pale? Well, ale? Well, I think the pale ale is their history. It's the starting point of their history. Yeah, it was their first beer that they ever released. Um, 
Almost 30 years ago now. Yeah. Next year it'll be 30 years. Yeah, that was crazy. So Boulevard was founded by John McDonald uh, in 1989. Um, and from what I remember about the trip and all that kind of stuff, he was actually an artist uh, and a carpenter before he actually started brewing beer. Okay, I knew he was a carpenter. Yeah. Um, so oh, yeah, he was an artist. Okay. Yeah. He did home brewing at the time. And really, I mean, home brewing was a big thing. Up until Prohibition. People actually did a lot of homebrewing. Oh, even before that? Yeah. Interesting. Then once Prohibition kind of started, obviously they couldn't do homebrewing. It wasn't until Carter was elected president in 75, I want to say, where he kind of made it okay for you to homebrew again because it was illegal for a while. Oh, I didn't know that. So 89 is when he started. Um, Alex, you put in the show notes, that's a very important year to you, right? That is the year I was born, so it's like I'm caught up in the history of Boulevard Brewing. Just imagine if you weren't born, would we have Boulevard Brewing? That is something we'll never know. Okay. Um, So he did all this home brewing and all that kind of stuff, and you're not allowed to sell home brewing beer. Did you know that? I did not know that. So a lot of the guys who do home brewing and all that kind of stuff – they will make a ton of beer and then invite all their friends over because you can't distribute it legally. Well, so what I read, I tried to do a little bit of uh, history on them. It was mostly what they put on their website, but still. Um, if you can't trust that, then I mean. Right. So going off that, uh, he had gone on a trip to Europe and found a, a, a bar there that had a lot of um, specialized Belgian beers. So it was France. They had gone to France. Okay. And his wife won tickets on TWA to go to f- Europe. She oh, could pick wh- anywhere she wanted to go in the entire world. She, I think they said on a radio phone call. She oh, called really? into a radio station, and the radio station gave her two tickets anywhere in the world. Well, dang. Speaking of random events that would have caused yeah. Boulevard to be here. Because, yeah, he had, the website says on that trip that's when he was inspired by all the different kinds of flavors and aromas and colors that he was getting from this specialized brewery, he came back and couldn't stop thinking about it right? and wanted more. And that was in 1984, if I didn't say that already. And so it was over the next couple of years that he decided to start pursuing that. And it was interesting during that whole time, too. Like, if you think about, there's zero craft breweries. I'm, maybe there's a few. Let me, let me rephrase that. There might be a few craft breweries, but none that we would even hear about. Probably extremely local, small sizes and all that kind of stuff. So you're saying at the time? Yeah, during the 80s. So I, when I was reading through that, I was thinking, was there anything special about the 80s that helped propel this? Um, so I did a little bit of history of brewing companies. Um, and what's interesting is that before Prohibition, so before uh, World War II, um, leaving from the 1800s, coming into the early 1900s, it was pretty much all craft breweries, all microbreweries. There wasn't any big production, distribution of anything because back then they didn't uh, can or bottle anything. Almost all beer was sold on draft at saloons, taverns, bars, that sort of thing. So so you'd have a holster and kick open the saloon doors and mm-hmm. a cowboy hat That's to go. exactly what it was like in the early 1900s <laughs> all over America. Uh, and so so leading into World War II, there were several hundred breweries in the country. 
1945, I think there was on record 468 different breweries in this country. And from 1945 into 1980, the amount of beer that was consumed uh, increased from 18.6 gallons per capita up to 23.1, which is one of the all-time highs. Like, a lot of beer being drunk. But in that time, the number of breweries went from 468 to 101 uh, because it was in 1935 that, um, I don't remember the name of the company, but they discovered canning. They finally were able to successfully can beer, which led to mass production, which made it easier for people to get beer and drink it at home rather than having to go out to places. And so that caused some of the bigger breweries to get bigger and the small breweries to get smaller just because supply and demand, people wanted canned beer. Yeah. They wanted to drink it from home. Uh, so coming into the 80s, after a couple decades of mostly mass produce, a lot of the same sort of thing, uh, that's when people like John McDonald wanted to start coming up with their own stuff, and that's where we see a lot of the birth of a lot of these craft microbreweries. So just looking up first can, uh, January 24th, 1935. It was out of Richmond, Virginia. It was Gottsfield Kruger Brewery was the first canned beer. Uh, okay. So there you go. Fun facts. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, just why, what, just the trend yeah. of breweries and the sizes and how he came in in that time and how it's taken off since then. And I think to think about it, like there was, like you said, there's only 101 breweries, but like you were saying, the five largest breweries had taken up 75% of the market. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I remember, like of the world. Yeah. I remember when they were on the tour, they were talking about when he wanted to start his brewery and all that kind of stuff. He went to the bank and he's like, Hey, I'd like to get a loan from, for a brewery. Mm -hmm. And the bank's like, why would we give you a loan? You're trying to build a brewery in Kansas city, which is in the middle smack dab of Anheuser-Busch to your right. And golden Colorado, which is course to your left, you know? So they're like, we're nowhere. We're not giving you any money for that. That sounds that's dumb. Right. Like, I mean, that's so crazy. But he still persevered and did it. He went mm-hmm. to the next best place to get a loan. Um, it's a loan company that will never check your credit score. Most of the time, will give you the money and has really low interest rate. Have you ever heard of that bank? A loan shark? No, it's called the Bank of Mom and Dad. Oh. <laughs> So we went to his parents, actually, next. Oh, really? Okay. And uh, got um, some money from them to start his breweries and to get his brewery kind of going and all mm-hmm. that. I read on the website, too, it says he even sold his house. Yeah. Like, he was trying to get money from anywhere. So they were saying about that, that his wife was pregnant at the time. Oh, gosh. And he came to her and said, hey, honey, let's sell the house and we'll move into the brewery and we'll live there while we're... Starting this. Well, that sounds fun to me. I know for a fact my wife would say, hell no, and then slap me. My wife would just laugh at me for <laughs> even thinking about asking something that's stupid. <laughs> It'd have to be really good beer. Our wives are amazing, by the she way. She would have to see some amazing numbers. and. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, they do let us do this podcast, which they is kind of like brewing beer. A little bit. We are brewing content. Yeah. So... All this roundabout story and all that leads us back to this pale ale. Because it was his first 
beer that he kegged mm-hmm. and took out. Um, he took it out in his blue pickup truck, um, which is actually on the front of the bottle. That's oh, uh, is that okay? Yeah. That's so neat. the front of the bottle's got a uh, pickup truck with one keg in it. Their first keg was kegged and delivered on November seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine. I was only five months old at the time. I was still not born, waiting to be born. Okay. I had like five more months. You were still fermenting? Yes, I was still fermenting. (laughs) So it's crazy to think, though. I mean, like he was the first craft brewery, like first major craft brewery. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess do we still call him a craft brewery? I think in terms of market share, you could say that. Because I think even now, in terms of market share, like microbreweries is still a very small percentage as far as worldwide sales go. Um, so probably. Uh, there's probably a more precise definition of that. Do we want to talk about what, kind of what we taste in this pale ale? Yeah. I haven't had mine for a little bit, but you go for it. So for me, I mean, we kind of mentioned a little bit about it, but ABV's 4.5%. 5.4. Or 5.4. Jeez, how much have I had already? <laughs> Half a beer. <laughs> ABB is 5.4%. IBU's 30. Um, it's not an intense hops No, and flavor. I was thinking, we don't have much. We don't usually do hoppy beer, but I no. feel like that IBU is kind of high for what we usually drink. Yeah, but it's it's a citrusy hop. Like, mm-hmm. it's very light, refreshing. It's a pale ale I enjoy drinking. Like, some pale ales, it's like... Okay, this is starting to get into the IPA type um, feel to it, and I'm not a huge fan of that. But this is something I really can enjoy. It's smooth, it's crisp. Um, it had a great weedy smell. Yeah, very fruity. Like it's got some fruity kind of tones to it, mm-hmm. flower, florally tones. Um, I mean, it's got a good copper color to it, kind of good rusty penny color. Um, it's what I look for, I guess, in a, in a traditional style beer. Would you agree, kind of? Yeah, I don't normally go for ales either. Well, at least not pale ales. Um, I enjoyed this one because it it still tasted like an ale, and I I do like to try different ones at different times. But I didn't beat you over the head with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's probably my favorite pale ale. So. Do you want to tell us, Alex, why I open up our next one about where they've kind of been in the last couple of years? So the last couple of years, uh, kind of picking up from after they started their brewery, um, they they grew fast. He did really well, and they grew really fast. Uh, quickly exceeded his initial vision for the brewery after only just three years. Um, his initial goal was to be brewing 6,000 barrels. And after only three years, they were making 7,000 and, and shooting upwards. And by 2004, they were making over 100,000 barrels. That's crazy. So in 2014, no, sorry, in 2006, they expanded, built a whole new building, uh, really big operating center, which I guess is where you were. Yeah. Um, so I'll let you talk about that. So they had a whole like small brewery and all that kind of stuff. I think their system was something like they could do, um, like you said, 6,000 barrels, you know, but they were running that system to full. They don't even know how they got that system to do more than 6,000 barrels. Like, mathematically, it wasn't possible, but somehow they did. Um, It's this tiny little beer 
hall kind of thing that they had set up originally. Mm-hmm. They just built like this brand new one and all that kind of stuff. It's amazing. Like, I mean, um, when we were up there probably three years ago, they still had the small little beer hall where you could go get all the samples and all that. Within the last few years, um, they've built a four-story building. I mean, wow. with a museum, gift shop, uh, a huge beer hall, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Um event spaces that you can rent. I mean, they have tons of that, and everything's really cool because it overlooks the city of Kansas City. That's impressive. Yeah. And it, it makes me rethink the question you just asked about calling them a, a craft brewery. Because the craft breweries we've been to around here, they've, they've got a nice space. Yeah. But what you're describing makes me think of the parts of AB I've been to or the, the Coors Brewery tour that I was on a couple months ago. Like, it sounds significant. But I think that they're so entwined with the city of kansas city that they don't want to be huge like i mean they're not trying to make i mean obviously their goal is to make as much money as possible whose goal isn't to do that but like i feel like when i was there they're just trying to make good beer you know um and speaking of good beer we're on to our second one this is their american uh wheat beer it's their unfiltered this is the first beer i remember of of a boulevard, like trying a boulevard beer. Um, and it always worried me when I got this beer because it is unfiltered, so it leaves a nice little residue ring at the bottom of, like, the hops and the spent grains. Mm-hmm. And just It always worried me, like, is that beer bad? Um, I remember the first unfiltered beer that I had and finally noticed that um, sediment in the bottom. I'm like... What on earth is in my bottle? I'd already drank half, and I was about to pour it down the drain, and somebody was like, no, 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 it's supposed to be there. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. You could have been so upset if you would have I would have been really mad, because after I learned about it, I was like, oh, okay, that's a really neat process, actually. So this beer, I'm just looking at I mean, it is. Yeah, I can't even see you through it right now, Alex. I'm trying to look through it, and nice haziness. It's very cloudy. Good wheat aroma. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of got a lemony Kind of yeah, I was going to say it. that too. Um, it's very sweet. Um, it smells like fresh made bread, pretty much. Very light bread, though. No, yeah, that is there. More fruit than the pale ale. Yeah. It's almost, almost too fruity. Really? So I'm thinking it reminds me of um, a shandy almost. Okay. Almost. I, I, I disagree with that because shandies are more lemon taste. Well, that's what I'm tasting. I don't taste the lemonness. I don't Do you care. want me to cut you a lemon <laughs> wheel and we can put it in there for you? That'd be interesting. Remember that one time we went to that pizza place here? It's one of our favorite Kevin stories. Oh, I hate that story. <laughs> Dude, I feel like I have to tell it now. Go ahead. Kevin does not like stuff in fruit. his beer. I don't want fruit in my beer. Do you want something other than fruit in your beer? No. Kevin doesn't want stuff in his beer. And if you bring Kevin a beer with stuff in it, he will hand you that stuff back. <laughs> we were at a local pizza parlor, and... What, Kevin ordered parlor? a blue moon before he decided to. No, it to, was not a blue moon. It was two blue It was moon. this. Was it? Yeah. Why the hell did they put an orange in it? No, they put a lemon in it. It was an orange. Was it an orange? Kevin ordered a beer. 
that was traditionally served with fruit, and they chose to bring the fruit with it. And Kevin, without breaking a sweat, without even really looking up and thinking about what he was doing, took it off his glass and set it in the waitress's hand and like, said, Here you go. I don't want this. And just went on went on with his business. She kind of stopped. She, she handled it well. Kudos to you, whoever you are. I hope you're listening because I a good tip. you did. You did. But it was, I felt like an asshole. we all sat there and we're like, do you even realize what you just did? No. <laughs> you're did just not. so nonchalant about it. It's like, oh, no, I don't want this. <laughs> oh, so casual. It's terrible. That being said, I do think an orange would actually go really good with this. Um, this pairs well with pizza, it says. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Bread, salad, sushi, mozzarella cheese. Ooh, I could go for some cheese. Sushi. Um, mozzarella. What are cheese sticks? Mozzarella sticks. Yeah, I could go with, for some mozzarella sticks in this right now. Not in it, with it. See, I don't. Huh. I wouldn't have thought to pair that with that. It seems a little heavy. You know what we didn't talk about with that first beer? No. What it paired well with? Well, let's talk about it. Let's back up. Okay. Rewind, Alex. I was going to try and make the rewind noise, but I know I'd butcher it. So the pale ale that we first uh, started, their food pairings on Boulevard's website, they have an amazing website with all these awesome food pairings. And then they tell you if you want to try and homebrew their beer, they kind of give you instructions for it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. So for the food pairings for the pale ale, aged cheddar cheese, Gouda cheese... I always like to say Gouda. 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 Chicken wings, hamburgers, wild game, fried foods, and steak. So I feel like it covers everything. I was going to say, that's a pretty wide scope of foods. Yeah. be easier just to say, this goes good with everything. Which I think it does. (laughs) Um, But that is the nice thing about having a beer that is... um, simple mm-hmm. because it, it doesn't try and hit any real specific flavor real hard it's just a simple classic pale ale yeah this is beer at its base and it's beer done well so it, it does go with a lot of stuff and i think that's the cool part about the unfiltered wheat is if you're not a pale ale fan if you're not a fan of the hoppiness not that there was much hoppiness in it mm-hmm. the wheat is just so opposite end of the spectrum such a sweetness such a a feelingness that they're so different, but they pair so well together. Like I think more breweries need that because I think some breweries get so focused on like, we want to have ales and we want to throw as much hops at you, or we want to make as many sours as we can. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Boulevard, just looking at the lineup we have tonight so far, it's beer for everybody. Yeah. They're hitting the bases yeah. and they're doing them well. Yeah. So, what do you think of this wheat? I like it. I, As I'm drinking it, I think the fact that I compared it to a Shandy shows that I haven't had much weeded beer. Um, I like it. It's not my favorite, but it's really good for what it is. Yeah, I would love to try it paired with uh, different food items just to have... To be able to say, I would have this with this. Um, and that's something I want to develop more. And not just because often I'll, I'll go to the store and I'll want to get beer for an event. I'm cooking something like yesterday. I, I made them. 
I smoked a pork butt and made pulled pork tacos. It was really good. But I went to get some beer, but I didn't know what, what to pair with it. To be, yeah. to be fair, I didn't even consider that while I was there. But I just grabbed something that sounded good. But I would love to be able to grab a beer and say, this is going to pair well with this. They're going to complement each other. It's just going to make the whole experience more enjoyable. I think that this, and unfortunately it's not as cold as I would like it. I think if it was a little bit colder, it'd be a little bit crisper. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something I could sit outside around the smoker with and just enjoy all afternoon. Like, I don't feel like I'm getting buzzed on it or anything like that. Because like we said, the ABV is 4.4%. Um, it's not very... It's not very kick you in the face with alcohol. I mean, you could drink a couple of these and you're going to be fine. Yeah, You don't have to worry about it's the pork really steaks easy. burning. So, I'm very happy with that. I'm too. Um, so, let's go into talking about what happened in 2014. You want to talk about that? I'm going to pour our next one while you're doing that, Alex. That sounds great. I'll talk about whatever you want if you pour me a beer. So, in 2000... Can you talk about, <laughs> before you do that, can you talk about um, Einstein's theory of relativity while I pour a beer? Um, I wish I had done some more research, so shame on me. For not researching Einstein's theory of relativity. You didn't know that was coming up before tonight? coming to this. Are we going to start a new pop quiz section? If you can't talk for more than three minutes about the pop quiz topic, something bad happens to you. You have to buy the beer for next week. Ah, I kind of like that idea. A random trivia question. Post on our page with your favorite pop quiz items. I guess it would defeat the purpose, then, wouldn't it? Well, if somebody asks, message us. Send yeah, us, a but message. individually. Yes. So I can surprise Kevin with something terrible. So that I have to buy the beer? Right. Since I am not prepared to talk about Einstein's theory of relativity, I'm going to instead talk about what happened in 2014. So on the website, again, it talked about um, the McDonald's trip to Europe, to France, um, that they won on a radio show. That's, That's really funny. I think that's hilarious. Anyway... One of the beers that he enjoyed the most that really kind of spurred his desire to pursue this was was a beer called Duville. Duville is made by a brewery called Duville Mortgat, uh, which is Belgian-based. Uh, their history is pretty interesting. That was the nicest Belgian I've ever heard in my entire life. Heard? I used to sit next to a Belgian girl in high school. She was an exchange student. Uh-huh. Her name was Flory. Flory. Yeah. She was kind of pretty. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> so this this Duville beer, which we won't really go into them, even though their history is pretty interesting. Next show. Yeah. You should go into them. No. We're not going to talk about the next show. Duville Mortgat. Look it up. But this is what spurred his his desire to kind of pursue this this craft movement and in 2014 this company actually approached them to bring them and make them a part of their company um they are what they call their collection of artisanal breweries um so i don't know if that means they were bought out necessarily or if they're just i guess it doesn't so they matter. were bought out okay um i remember our, our tour guide katie and i'm gonna give her a shout out because hopefully she'll be listening to this um she said she was gonna subscribe to our podcast dang it katie uh, if you're not listening to this so um <laughs> She was saying that they did buy them out, mm-hmm. um, but their big thing was they didn't want to change anything in the boulevard 
brewing company except expand where they sold the beer. Because okay. they felt the beer was so good that it could do well on an international market. Well, that's a that makes it a pretty cool collaboration. Yeah. Because it's neat that they let them keep doing well what they're doing right. well. Because why would you change that? They, I read somewhere something saying that it was like a crown jewel. Like, we don't want to change it. We're so proud of what you've done <clears throat> that why change it to, you know, we can't. We can just give you more money to make your beer better, to make your facility better, mm. to make it more user-friendly, or I guess visitor-friendly, not user-friendly, but visitor-friendly, which is why they built the beer hall. Okay. So. Yeah, I really want to go there now. Um, well, I guess they're well on their way to not being a craft distillery. <laughs> but, you know, I, again, definition on that, because maybe we're just talking about size, but I say that more to say kudos to them 30 years not yeah. even quite 30 years they've come a really long way and after trying i mean we're only halfway through our samplings and i these are really good so, i've never really tried theirs before and i'm enjoying this a lot moving on to our next sample yes um this is the american kolsch this is a golden ale um this is probably one of my favorite boulevard beers um 4.6 percent abv 18 um ibu this is super crisp, super refreshing. It's got a very sweet taste to it, but at the same time, it's got a little bit that crisp bite at the end that kind of gets your tongue last bit. Um, golden think, clear. I mean, I think that that bite, I think that's kind of a, an herbaly flavor. Yeah. Would you say that? Yeah. I, I was trying to compare it to the weed because they're they're similar um the wheat was sweeter this is crisper more spicy spicy that's because yes. i i was i was gonna say just that the wheat was sweeter what was different about this and i i think you're right it's the spice because it's not yeah there's really not much sweetness to it but it's still got that um hearty bread flavor a honey bread, almost. Almost. I like that. Just about the sweetness. I enjoy this a lot, too. Um, I think I like this a little bit more than the we. We'll get to our rankings in a minute. Chill out. Fine. Okay. Okay. So, this is just, I mean. Okay, I like this one a lot, too. Um, the pairings for this one. Are you ready for this? Um, yes. Are you on the edge of your seat? I'm constantly on the edge of my Food seat. Food parents, a picnic. <laughs> okay, Bra- Boulevard. <laughs> Bratwurst, nutty cheese, calamari. Interesting. I would agree, though, a picnic. A picnic. I, you know, I've not seen a beer pairing paired with an occasion, <laughs> but it makes sense. Yeah, more beer should be paired with occasions, because this is would be nice to pull out of a cooler while you're sitting in the sun. Yeah, if it was super crisp, super cold, crack the can open, and this was cool because this one's actually canned, and I think a lot of their stuff is starting to get canned more than bottled, and we'll talk a little bit about that after the break because I think that's some cool things they do at their brewery, mm-hmm. um, but. Calamari, really? That's what it says. The 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 bratwurst. What was the other one? 
nutty cheeses. Nutty cheeses. Like those two, I can see for sure. The, the calamari, I feel like, is a little out of left field. But I guess I don't dabble in seafood very much. So, What's a nutty cheese? <sighs> I don't know. I didn't question it when you said it. Yes. That's the trivia question for this week. You've got to buy beer next week. You've already <laughs> asked me one. Well, I was just trying to get for the next two weeks. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what is a nutty cheese? I, I guess know. we'll talk about it next week. Someone, I've got homework. Someone message us if you know what a nutty cheese is. Let us know. It'll help me with my homework. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know. When I always think of a picnic, I always think of, like, deli sandwiches and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, hoagie type. Yeah. I could do this. Hoagies with a nice nutty chips. cheese. Yes. Your deli meat. Yes. And some calamari. I'm just picturing a cheese with, like, a deep... Almost sweet flavor. But I have to think now that there are specifically crafted cheeses with actual nutty flavors. Or they're just making shit up. (laughs) I think we're too focused on the nutty cheeses and not enough on the beer. Maybe I'm just more upset that this has cost me another week's worth of having to buy beer, even though we're not going to talk about it. Um, This has a good color to it. I'm getting (laughs) us back on beer. Um, This is good color. I feel like we've talked about this enough. The smell of it. I mean, this is what beer smells like. I don't feel like, you know, like when we do bourbon tastings and all that kind of stuff, we're like, oh, the nose on it. Does beer have a nose? You see aroma notes in all of these. I honestly feel like, in in my opinion, this is my opinion time, the section of the show where I talk about my opinions. (laughs) This could be a dangerous section. (laughs) I, I... as as I've dove headfirst in alcohol, bourbon was really the thing that I started to analyze more first. So getting the nose, all those notes of aromas off of that was, I just accepted as science. This is what you do. And they're there. There's a lot of them. It's It's impressive. And it's fun to discover that more. When I started doing that more with beer and I was smelling beers, I, I never really got anything specific out of them aside from... This smells weedy. This is kind of like bread. There's a little spice here, maybe. This is really sweet. And I started seeing or these... Or this ar- is really hoppy. You right. Know, we've had those, too. I started seeing these aroma notes, and some of them, like like this one, credit to them, in my opinion, all it says is slightly sweet malt, spicy citrusy. That's what you're supposed to get. I've seen some that like list out 10 different things that you're supposed to smell. And I'm like, this. it's just beer. Calm down. There's not that much to it. I feel like with beer, the aroma doesn't matter as much. You're looking at more of what your palate getting, what your tongue getting, what's it taste good with. Because I think that's more what beer drinkers want. They're not worried about the smell of something. Unless it goes bad. That didn't stop you. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't stop us from drinking bad beer. No, I, I agree, though, because I've been discovering more and more that I don't like drinking whiskey while eating food. It, it throws off the taste of everything because your mouth, you know, your your mouth has to acclimate to that heat, and it's just ready for something different. And whenever I drink whiskey, eat something, and then go back to the whiskey, I'm not really getting anything from the whiskey. And then at that point, like, what? Why? What's the point of even drinking this? I'd rather eat with beer because I can get those flavors because my mouth isn't destroyed. I wonder if that's just because that's the first one we kind of fell in love with of these. That's you know, possible. That we're just used to beer, you know, and food. I mean, it's 
almost a confirmation bias. Yeah. We can talk about logical fallacies more in our next show. Oh, my God. Along with the theory of relativity and what the hell a nutty cheese is. <laughs> and on that note, Alex, let's take a break. Um, and... <laughs> Move away from this. I feel like you're saying I need a timeout. <laughs> yes. Move away from this nonsense. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Hey, this is Scotch Guy, and I hope you've been enjoying listening to this episode. Make sure that you check out all of our fantastic beer, bourbon, and barbecue merch at www.shopbeerbourbonbarbecue.com. Again, that's www.shopbeerbourbonbbq.com. We have tons of great and comfortable T-shirts, so make sure you go pick those up. Make sure you also check us out on Instagram at beer underscore bourbon underscore BBQ and at the.alex.experiment. Now, let's get back to getting sauced with beer, bourbon, and barbecue. And we're back. Um, and we poured some more beer. More Boulevard beer. Uh, as promised. Yeah, as promised. Alex, what are we drinking now? We are drinking the Bully Porter. There's bully probably a better porter. way to say the Bully Porter. The Bully Porter. Should we talk in a British accent? No. This is the Bully Porter. Should we talk like the Count again? No. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. We should just stick with what we do best. And that's drinking beer. And I was thinking more Midwestern English, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you said Bully Porter. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. What the hell's wrong with us? All a right. lot. All right. All right. Okay. So, Bully Porter, it's a robust porter. I'll take over since you've lost your What's mind. a robust American porter? Um, I think it's just it's referring to that it's very heavy coffee, roast, dark maltiness. Like, uh, it's just it's a very complex taste. It's delicious. It's fantastic. That's really good. I haven't had a porter in a long time. This is probably one of my favorite porters. So what you said to me earlier, because I, I pointed out that I hadn't had a porter in a long time, but I've had a lot of stouts. Yeah. And I'm like, why are there more stouts than porters? I feel like I just don't see porter as an option. And you said that. Let me make sure what I said is right. Okay. Go ahead. You said <laughs> that a porter is basically a a type of stout. And I made the comparison, a porter is to stout as bourbon is to whiskey. Where all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Same for ported stout. Were, were you kind right? Of. I was kind of right. Okay. Porters use malted barley. Stouts use unmalted, roasted barley. Okay. So it's that maltedness. That makes it Similar, yeah. Okay, so that's close. Yeah. We'll give you half credit. Yes. Partial credit. Congratulations. So this is 6% ABV. Um, 49 IBUs. I can taste it, too. Yeah, but it's not overbearing, like, a bitterness. Um, I can definitely taste the alcohol in it. Like, it's probably def- – it is the heaviest thing we've drank tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, not a good summer beer. Like, no. Well, I guess not a good middle-of-the-summer beer. Don't like, drink it outside. After you've cut the grass. Right. Um, That's not what you want. I could drink this by a fire, though. Campfire in. Um, this is something I'd want to have, and um, – I discovered this more and more with my wife lately, who is getting more into stouts and really likes those heavy, sweet, chocolatey beers, is I, I've decided that I like them once. I like them as dessert. And mm-hmm. not with dessert, as dessert. 
where I'm going to sit back, relax, and just slowly drink one of these. I don't cold? want it with anything. Yes. Cold or warm. I, was I know some stouts are kind of hitting that 40, 50 degrees range. I like them cold, especially when it is my quote unquote dessert. I really like a porter or a stout paired with a piece of dark chocolate. Ooh, okay. So we just bought some Trader Joe's dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it. I had it actually with some double um, Woodford Reserve. Oh. Um, double oaked. That and would be it a was good pairing. so good. This would be really good with a piece of dark chocolate. Okay, I agree with that. Um, or a very dark piece of chocolate cake. Yeah. Yeah. What are you getting over there on your aroma? Like, when I smell it, there's something distinct to me. Honestly, I'd say chocolate. I was thinking coffee house. I'm getting that more for the from the palate. I probably should have said I've, I've drank half of it already, yeah, I mean, so that's, that's going to throw it off. Yeah. But, but smelling it now, I'm definitely getting the chocolate. But I, I like this a lot more than a lot of the stouts I've had lately. Because it tastes like chocolate, but it doesn't taste like I'm drinking a super sweet chocolate milkshake. It's like the flavor is there, and you get it, and then it goes away. It's very well roasted. Like, I feel like it's a very hearty roast to it. Um, I agree with Which that. is what I like. Um, and I would say probably more in the last year and a half, I've really dived into porters and stouts and all that. Rosen's doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've grown on me so much. Me too. So I'm going to compare this actually to, I've been having more brown ales lately. Okay. Because like I said, my we've been trying more stouts. And the last two times we went to Total Wine, we, we got a six-pack, a build-your-own six-pack. And both times, at least four or five of them were a deep chocolate dark stout. And almost all of them have been so sweet. Like, almost too sweet for me. My wife likes them. I just don't. So I've been getting brown ales because I like the darkness. But the brown ale side has more other flavors aside from sweetness. And this, I feel like this is a almost in between the two. Mm-hmm. A good marriage of the two. So on their website for food parents, they're saying barbecue. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess I see it, but... It depends I, on the barbecue. I can see how the flavor notes yeah. on paper make sense to go with it. I feel like it, it would be too heavy. It'd have to be Kansas City style, something smothered in barbecue sauce, I think. You want that rich, molassesy, sticky barbecue, I think, to pair with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't that think makes you're sense. looking for like a Nashville or Tennessee or Memphis style where it's just a dry rub. I don't think that. Yeah, that's true. That's mostly what I've had lately, too. Um, they say fruit desserts, which I could see that. Sure. Meatloaf. I don't ever eat meatloaf, so I don't I don't know. I would say it'd be good, but again, you're going to look for something that's got a thick sauce. I want something saucy kind of with it. Yeah. Uh, caramel desserts. I would agree with that. Sure. Gruyere cheese. Gruyere. I don't like that word. Smoked cheddar cheese, stews, dark chocolate. Oh, we're there right on that. There you go. Heavy meat dishes and smoked Gouda cheese. What's a heavy meat dish? Do you have that? With Aside a from cheese? stew and barbecue, they're like, let's get specific about two things, and then let's just add in everything else. <laughs> Unless they're literally talking about significantly <laughs> dense meat that just weighs your plate down. Would it be? I guess something. Well, because we had something else that said game to it. Gamey. That's true. What's a heavy meat? 
I guess not poultry or fish. A lot of meat? Beef, pork. We got to put that with the nutty cheeses now. (laughs) What are you guys talking about? We need to call Boulevard. You guys are just making shit out of this. Tell us what is a heavy meat dish? What is a heavy meat dish? Maybe Uh, it is a plate made of beef. I guess. Let's move on. So I'm going to save the rest of mine because we've got one more and I'm not. I've had this. Don't so, set your expectations. I'm not. Yet. My expectations aren't. I can see in your face you're dreading it. No, I'm Those of you it. listening at home, Kevin is not excited about this it's beer. It's good. I've had this one before. Megan got it when we went to the brewery. Uh, she got it as a tasting. This is the this is the Jam Band Berry Ale uh, made with raspberries, blueberries, and cherries. That is a lot of berries. Jam Band. I'm going to finish mine because... It's I'm great. saving mine. No, save it. Because you're going to want it after this. This is very sweet. You're going to want something dark. Okay. There's just something about when I pour a beer and it's pink. <laughs> <laughs> does it look like the can? It does I look can't like see the it from can. I need it. Oh. It's pink. That's color. a pretty color. I mean. So, pink. while we're while you're obsessing over the color, let's talk a little bit more about Boulevard. Okay. Um, let's talk about their sustainability Features, programs, programs. What is sustainability? Initiatives. Sustainability, I relate to green initiatives. Let's try and be good um, stewards stewards of of the the planets. Stewards of the earth, yes. Um, Lessons we've learned from Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Let's take care of the resources that we have for the sake of the community and the earth around us. I agree. No, I'm not. I'm not cheersing you. I want you to trade me beers. That's what I thought you wanted. There's a lot more beer in your glass than it is in my glass. And you just don't like this one. I just don't want that much of it. <laughs> so one. So we we read through this, and we're not going to go through all of them, but some of them I found very interesting. One of them I've never heard of before, but um, Boulevard Brewing is a zero landfill facility, and they started it in 2010. Um, okay, so it's pretty recent. Yeah. So what it means is they're not going to take anything to a dump or a landfill. Nothing. Nothing. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy to think about? That's so that means their grains they're giving to cattle farmers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I've heard of a lot of breweries doing that. Yeah. Which that's that's pretty cool, but that's yeah. typical. Um, they recycle or compost almost everything, and anything that's deemed waste. They're going to sell it to a company that makes cement, okay? They incinerate any of that waste and then use the ash to make cement. It's one of the ingredients in cement. That's so cool. Isn't that awesome? It almost makes me want to start a cement company. Out of my backyard, I can just burn all our trash. Oh, my goodness. Remember when we burnt that couch in your backyard? That, we shouldn't talk about that. Okay. We that probably still could get in trouble for that. <laughs> well, and I've just got to imagine that the employees there, like, there's got to be some restrictions on what they can and can't have. I Like, can they have the same amount of waste products that we have and they, all of it just gets burned? I don't know. but That's it's, so interesting. It's really cool that they do that. Um, another thing they do is uh, Ripple Glass is a company in Kansas City. Um, they found out that People in Kansas City threw away like 150 million pounds of perfectly good glass. And this company takes it and 
recycles all that glass. Um, they've recycled nearly 100 million pounds of glass each year. And, I mean, that's just crazy to think about. That Boulevard takes all this extra glass that they have, they give it to this company to get recycled, and then they reuse it. That's and so clever. Yeah. And it's really cool to see a company using the resources it has to to alleviate some of those problems. And they make it work for them. That's It's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, and then their packaging is completely biodegradable. Um, it's used of 70% post-customer recycled paper. It's 100% recyclable. All their case trays are 100% recyclable. Um, they've saved... And this is crazy to think about. 18,000 trees, 3,299,020 gallons of fresh water, 1,064 kilowatts of power. I don't know how much power that is. Like, I have no comparable. The only thing I can compare it to is the energy in a bolt of lightning, which is 1.21 gigawatts. Thanks, Professor. <laughs> this is a Back to the Future <laughs> reference for um, those of you who have some taste. I mean, it's just, I think that's awesome to see. They have green roofs. That was really cool, I too. Was, I was just reading more about that because I thought that was really interesting. I never heard of that before. A lot of breweries are starting to do that, where they grow things on top of the roof. Schlafly does it here in St. Louis. Do they? And they use, I, I believe they use what they grow on top of the roof in their restaurant. That's so cool. Um, but yeah, a lot of places are doing that. They, I mean, it's just crazy to think about what, how these breweries are really pushing this sustainability Mm -hmm. factor. Um, and not trying to get political or anything like that. I mean, you can believe whatever you want about climate change and all that, but I mean, it's our job to take care of our planet. I mean, it's just responsibility. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if you believe that the Earth's getting hotter or colder or whatever you believe, you know? But just not throwing away a bottle, I think, is pretty cool. That right. worried about that. Well, and at its basic level, if you make a mess, you should clean it up. It's, it's your responsibility, and, and they're taking that to the next level. You know, it's, it's easy to say, all your trash goes to the gum, dump, it's gone, you forget about it. It's not anyone's problem anymore. Mm-hmm. And it may be... Years and years and years and years and years, but eventually that will become a problem. Yeah. So let's be responsible with the messes we make and the cleverness that they have in, in dealing with this. And I, I was really impressed with uh, another brewery, West Sixth in Lexington. Um, specifically, they they were another one that took their grains to feed um, farm animals on their farm, which they use to fill their restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it was just really cool circle of life type of thing. That's like it's really efficient. I mean, I think that's just, it's something cool that I think a lot more people need to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it's because it's not just a cost. And I feel like a lot of companies ignore stuff like this because it's just another expense. Mm-hmm. And that makes it hard. And that's fair. But these places have taken that expense and made it work for them. Yeah. By lowering their other expenses. Yeah. Like they say, the, the green roof, it it's extra insulation. It cuts down on rain runoff. It's growing stuff that they use in their restaurant. Like, it, it, they make it work for them. Yeah. I think that's cool. All right. Let's talk about this jam bam. Jam, jam band. Oh, that is really good. Really? It tastes like, like that pure raspberry. I'm getting almost nothing off the nose. 
No. I mean, it tastes like... It you, smells like berries. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's just my, you know, my whole thing on not wanting fruit in my beer. It's surprisingly not tart no. for something made 100% out of berries. I mean... That is not a scientific fact. I don't know the mash bill of this beer, but... It's it's made with a lot of berries. Yeah, I mean it's buried beer. Like I said in the very beginning, like they have a wide range. It's like if you don't like Kolsch's, you don't like beer tasting beers. You know what I mean? This is something you may like. My wife loves this. Um, we have one can of it left in the fr- uh, beer fridge over there, and she's claimed it for herself. I was going to say, I hope you didn't just pour that. No, for I, us. I bought another one. <laughs> um, so let's see. Take a guess on what you think the pairings, food pairings, would be for this. Or did you look already? I haven't looked, so I can try and take a guess. Okay, so let me have one more sip. Some pairings that you would do with this jam band. I feel like that'd be good with like a salad, like an appetizer sort of thing. A light something with salad. There's. I was gonna say like candied walnuts, um, dried cranberries, something like that. Okay, feta cheese in it. I sell like that. That sounds really good. Um, maybe fish, maybe a chicken dish, something with a lot of herbs, um, mm. duck. How about grilled pork chops? That fits. That's what they say. Is that the only other thing that no. they say? Creme brulee. Okay. Angel food cake. I could do that with some angel food cake. That would be really good. Uh, creamy cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I know what a creamy cheese is. I'm least. officially... That's Calling. like a bluebell or a spreadable cheese. So we're just going texture now? Is a nutty cheese filled with nuts? Is it literally Probably. have pieces of nuts in it? Probably. I'm calling shenanigans on their food pairings right here, well, right now. Well, I got one more for you. Okay. Or I've got a couple more for you. Strawberry shortcake. You said like there was something else after that. Sherbert. Okay. And crunchy grooves. The hell? Okay. <laughs> If anyone that matters at Boulevard ever hears this, I love your beer. Whoever you have coming up with your food pairings is just making stuff up. And I cordially but officially challenge somebody to come here and convince me that there is a, a, such a thing as a creamy cheese and a nutty cheese and a heavy meat dish. And Show cr- me what that and is. a crunchy groove. <laughs> Show me what that is. I love your beer and everything you guys do. It's great. Stop it with these nonsense food pairings. I love you so much. I can tell you what a creamy cheese is. That's like those bluebell. We just talked about this. You know the little cheese wheels, (sighs) or the wedges of cheese, like the soft Swiss cheese, like you eat on pretzels. No, you've never had those. I've had them, but what I just I I can't get into this right now. Okay. So, I think that's a good finishing point. The shenanigans? Shenanigans. I really like this. Really? Why don't you? I think it's just the whole fruit beer. It is non-traditional. Yeah. I wonder if I, again, had it super cold. Like, if that would maybe make me enjoy it a little bit more. This is one I could take out the way. Okay. All right, I kind of like the warmer temperature it's not room temperature but it's been sitting out for a little bit so it's not right out of the fridge it's funny because i've I've had beers like this before 
Um, and I mean, they're, they call them beers, so they're beers, but I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't compare them to other beer. Like they don't seem like they're on the same playing field as, as the pale ale, the Kolsch, like it, it, I feel like I'd be comparing, uh, bourbon to brandy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, this is made with fruit. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it says in here what it's made with. Let me check. No, it doesn't. But I don't. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I it's like it. It's not bad. Like it's not bad. It's not like a blue moon, which I I don't like blue moons. Me not. Um, but is it something I would go seek out? No. Would I take a free sample of it? Sure. I'm not gonna go buy a case of it. I mean, I might buy a case of it because mm. Megan may want a case of it, but. <laughs> This is another one of those that I would want to get specifically for a pairing. Except with creamy cheeses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, these are five beers that they have. They have something like over 25 beers on tap they really? in their beer hall. Oh, that sounds and they great. probably even have more than that. I mean, they have barrel-aged beers. They have. Um, I had a bourbon quad when I was there, Ooh. which is a beer that's done um in barrels uh the couple weeks ago guy and i tried the manhattan cask that's from boulevard brewing oh, company okay. um they've got a lot of crazy cool things coming out um and i would completely recommend if you get to kansas city check them out it is a fantastic brewery fantastic tour the people are super awesome um yeah Good experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these have been great. So if you were to pick one as your favorite, what would you pick as your favorite? Bully Porter. Really? Easy. Okay. Easy. Okay. Just because that's been the style that I've liked the most, and it, it hits those flavor notes that I enjoy. So a little chocolate, a little sweetness, but it's got so much more than that. Okay. It, it, like, it gives you those, and then those go away, and then there's the roasted nuttiness, the coffee. It, it's very complex. And it's more um, relaxing almost. I don't know if that makes sense. Can you give me a quick number two? Number two, the Kolsch. Yeah. Just as far as if if I were looking at these three in a fridge, I would grab the Kolsch first. I think I'd grab Kolsch number one. I just like the crisp, refreshing flavor of it, that little bite that you get of spiciness. And I think I'd go the porter number two. I think I'd go that opposite of of what you said. Mm-hmm. I think then the wheat. I mean, the wheat's so good. Um, pale ale. They were all good. I, mean, I would be happy to drink any yeah, of them. There's nothing I can complain about with these. Yeah. Um, and I know they have a lot of really cool experimental beers that they released, too, as well. Um, Megan, while we were there, now that I think about it, had a salted caramel beer. And it tasted like salted caramel. Like, it was amazing. That sounds really good. Um, but, yeah. So, like we said, check out Boulevard Beer. It is fantastic um we're proud it's from the state of missouri even if it's from the kansas city side um that's fine we still can we can still appreciate them so let's move on to picks of the week let's wrap this up all right picks of the week if you don't know it's us just picking something that we like from this week um doesn't have to be your beer bourbon barbecue related 90 percent of the time it is beer bourbon barbecue related the other 10 percent is star wars related so (laughs) that's kind of how we roll here so alex Pick of the week. 
So this week, I'm going to go bourbon-related. Um, I'm going to go with Four Roses Single Barrel. It's one that I've had twice. I had it again yesterday. And lately, this has just been my experience. Lately with bourbons, I've I've noticed that when I open a new bottle, try it. It's good. Let it sit for a couple weeks. It's different. I've been noticing that more. Um, and there, there are signs behind that. I won't get into that now. But I've been able to notice that more. Um, so I highlight that for the four, four Roses because we had a new bottle last night, and just right off the bat, it tasted really good. Was it – you said it was a single barrel, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know the yeast strand on it? Or? No, it, it didn't list that out. Okay. Um, isn't, do they, isn't the ones where they list out the yeast strand even more a specialty? It's a pick of some sort. Do you know okay. if it was a pick or... I, it, no, it was okay. not. Um, but it, it was really good right out of the barrel. Um, I, I've been really be. liking Four Roses lately. So preview for next show. Nate's going to be on. Let's ask him. He knows a lot about Four Roses. We'll ask him what it probably was. He okay. can probably tell us. Sure. Um, that sounds good. Yeah. Great bottle. Decent price for a single barrel. I think... I feel like I usually see it at high 30s. 30, 40 bucks. I yeah. think it's worth it. Yeah. I, I, I want to get one. Yeah. I definitely would recommend it to people. I would say if you're getting into bourbon, do the small batch first. Yes. And then really good for the price. Yeah. Yeah. Um did you mix it with anything? Nope. Nope. Just, just neat. neat. Cool. Uh my pick of the week is Sugar Fires Flu Cheesesteak. Um I mean I can't even I've probably picked it before. I'm pretty sure I picked it before. I think it was last week. Good, it wasn't last week. It might have been. It was like episode number three or four. Um, but it was, it's so good that I have to pick it again. Um, amazing cut brisket, deliciously done onions. I don't like the peppers on it, so I get it without the peppers, but the caramelized onions, just, oh my goodness, the hoagie that it's on, and then just, it's smothered with cheese. Mm. Oh, it's so good. So good. Now I'm hungry. Me too. Let's go get a creamy cheese. Okay. <laughs> um, I want a nutty cheese. <laughs> I want some grooves. I'm so mad about that. <laughs> so, Alex, how can people get in contact with us? You can get in contact with us primarily on Instagram. See what we're up to. Me at the.alex.experiment. Doing a lot of barbecue lately. See what I'm trying. I'm trying to keep it basic right now, but I think I'll start branching off into something more interesting soon um just now that i feel like i've got my base lined up um you can reach out to us email hello at shop beer bourbon bbq.com or check out our website www.shopbeerbourbonbbq.com look at all our shirts they're really really comfortable i sleep in mine all the time and i wear it out I'm wearing it right now because yeah. it's that comfortable. You're representing the Bourbon Tells the Best Stories shirt. Bourbon does tell the best stories. And we should say all those shirts go back to the podcast. All the money that you spend on that, we reuse that money to help upkeep equipment, to buy bourbon, buy beer, buy barbecue. I would say 100% of it goes back into the podcast. Mm-hmm. You're, we Definitely. are not making any profit off of that. I mean, we are making profit, but we're using it to further the podcast. And if you don't remember any of those, you can always go to my Instagram page, um, beer underscore bourbon underscore barbecue. There is a link 
in the profile page that will get you to all that fun stuff. And you can get your own T-shirt or send us an email or just connect with us. We love connecting with people. Um, met lots of awesome people the last few months. Um, it's been great. So, Alex, thanks for coming by tonight. Anytime. Thanks for drinking beer with me. Anytime. Uh, it's been good. And on that note, don't forget to stay sauced on beer, bourbon, and barbecue.